Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now we hope you had a good day and are ready for what I'm sure will be another great stock market show. Given what's going on in the market right now, tonight is going to be another exciting show. Now our topic for tonight um, actually comes from you, our viewers, who are continually asking, should I buy stocks now or leave my money in the bank? As always, we'll look at what's currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in, give you our expert opinion, and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and joining me tonight is Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you this evening, Dale? I'm really good, actually. That's good. been a busy well, day. Like you had a bit of sleep. Yeah, I had a, I've been sleeping in until 7.30 a few mornings. Well, that's good for you. I know, mm. it's really, normally I'm up at 5.30 or mm. something like that. But uh, no, it's been pretty good, actually. I've been taking it pretty cruisy. But we have been working on our studio, if you've noticed. This is the first time you've been in it like this. It's lovely. Mm. We're still mm. working on it, guys. So um, there's a Thanks few things we've still got to do. Somebody, yeah. somebody asked for, for Janine to have a more comfortable chair. Who was that? I don't know. Let me get to the them. Listeners. Uh, it yeah. was after that episode where it made a noise. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But uh, we do. We have, have, as you can see, we've spent a little bit of money on the studio and we're still doing things a little bit more. Um, and it really is our goal at the moment is to really give you a lot more information. There's a whole lot more things we're doing on just about to start doing interviews with um, some very switched on people in New York in the marketplace. So I don't want to bring some of that to you um, and a whole lot more other type of YouTube um, and or videos to help you keep informed in really what's a challenging time for everybody. Now it is. I mean, I hope everybody's you know practicing the correct um, social um, etiquette if you like at the moment. Well, we can't. We don't have enough room. I know we don't. Look, we, we've shared gems before, so it's not going to make much difference now. And we're not so married, so how's that? We breathe <laughs> on. We breathe on each other on the show. Yeah, well, we do that anyway, don't we? So yeah, maybe but... we need a screen like they're having at the supermarkets now. Well, that a cone of silence, that would be good sometimes. <laughs> but I went to the, the, the um, supermarket the other day and was standing at the deli and I said to the lady, um, would, you, would you mind um, helping me? Do I need to take a ticket? And she said no. And I'm standing a metre and a half away or something like that from somebody else and it was mm. really weird. Yeah, I've, I can't understand. Like the TV sort of painting a real big doom and gloom picture, but I, I've noticed like the last four or five days at least, everybody's just been... Mm doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know. Well, supermarkets are more busy than what I've ever seen. I know. Uh, so it's quite strange. And I did see an elderly gentleman walking into mm. the supermarket the other night and I felt mm. really sad for him because I thought, where is his family, you know, mm. to help him? Mm. And and the old me, which is still there, but in this current situation, I found even myself, I was thinking about what have I got to do? Got to get into the supermarket and get out. Whereas mm. if I saw someone like that previously, I would have been stopping and mm. wanting to help them, you know. So I, I'd have to be honest and say that it has affected me in mm. that way as well at the supermarkets. Yeah, you do. It's a little mm. bit more selfish. You stand on a cross at the, mm. at the checkouts to make sure that you're the right distance away. Mm. Mm. I've just been told that that's enough of that talk now. <laughs> so if you have a burning question for us on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there and remember to keep your comments tonight to something that's constructive and adds to the conversation, not about buying toilet paper, so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine, genuine questions. Now, tonight, if tonight's your first time, then may I say a big hi to you. And we are excited to have you on the show with us tonight. So I hope you enjoy the show. We've got to move on now. And it's the fourth Tuesday in the month. 
it could not be more timely as we take a look at world currencies. So let's have a look at the charts and discuss our thoughts right now. The first one up on the screen there is the Australian US dollar. Well, goodness, you know, I mean, I had thought that um, Aussie dollar would have come down to around the 60 cent mark, but didn't predict that it was going to go to 55 cents. Oh, I so didn't either. I didn't think it was. Even though on the charts, when you do the analysis, it, mm. it does show that that's a possibility. The analysis shows that. However, you know, that was a sort of a worst case scenario, but it could fall. Given how far it's fallen, it can always fall further. It's the catch a falling knife scenario, isn't it? Well, it, it is. And you know, I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a dip in our market. If mm. you asked me like two months ago, I thought, well, yeah, the market was finding a bit of support, but yeah. it's probably all the, sorry, the um, Aussie dollar was finding a bit of support, but, and it was possible to fall a bit, but getting under that sort of 60 cent mark, that's pretty, mm. it's not, it's quite rare. If we have a look, well, at, have a let's look. have a look yeah. at the whole chart of the, of the Aussie dollar. If we go right back, here's where we are right now. That's the close. And if I use the cross here, you can see here that low that we had was, there's almost no, other than this bar, few bars here back in 2000 to 2002, our Aussie dollar hasn't been that far. So yeah. So what happens to our rating around the world, you know, given that everything that's going on and, with the, rating current, and that, yeah. Yeah, with the currency falling and the amount of money that the government's spending. So that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on. But looking at that, it's always possible for us mm. to come down to that low, as you say, and that you pointed out before. I think the IMF's got a lot more things to worry about than the Australian dollar at the moment. Well, but true. anyway, I think there's a lot more issues. But let's have a mm. look at some of the other currencies. Now, I know on uh, we've got obviously all the currencies listed here over the past month. So you can see here how obviously the diff our dollar is down amongst all the currencies. Now, obviously worse against Hong Kong and US, the US dollar. and the yeah. Chinese one and not so much against the pound. Yeah, New Zealand and Canadian and Singapore dollars, but we are down on all currencies, which is interesting. But mm. be interesting to see what happens in the second half of this year and whether we really do play catch up on it. So let's have a look at, go and have a look at. Um, do you want to look against, at one of these currencies? Yeah, let's go and have a look at a couple of those currencies. Okay. Like, like um, the. So what about the Aussie dollar versus the Chinese renminbi? We can see there a similar chart to the Aussie US dollar, in terms of the sort of decline mm. we've seen in taking out this low in the GFC. Swift, swift moves down there um, on this this currency market, and then Australian dollar euro. We've also seen a big decline. Look, notice how it's actually taken out these lows mm. across here. That would have been huge support, and you know the short sellers are in there, obviously making a lot of money at the moment. Uh, looking at the Australian dollar and the British pound right now, uh, you're probably not planning a trip over. Well, maybe into next year, uh, over into Europe or into. Um, the US or, or the UK at the moment with the dollar doing what it's doing. Given how far it's actually come down, it could follow suit mm. and follow the US Australian dollar and also the the renminbi in taking out uh, the, the lows, the recent lows here shown on the chart. So for the for the British pound, it's actually the low in 2015 that's really at risk right now. Now some of this is, is, is some of the, or my question is, is some of this move on our dollar going down the result of these countries, these these countries pulling their money out of Australia, because obviously investing into Australia comes a lot from the US, from China, mm. and, and Europe. They put a lot of money in, and a lot of the money that we borrow comes from these countries. Yeah, well, clearly there's a risk there, mm. and it's also the short sellers driving it down as well. So that's mm. adding to the volatility here. Mm. But you know, I mean, we're going to go through a period of decline in in a lot of areas, not just the currencies, the stock market, and the and we're seeing. Um, the interest rates going down for now, but what mm. happens when they re-rate Australia? But one also on a five, that's all the negative, isn't it? Mm. Okay, so what's the positive of this? Our manufacturing and our exports are going to start going through the roof because we're really cheap on now. The, on the flip side, yeah, mm. that's right. So, yeah, looking at what it will, the impact it will have on miners, while at the moment the supply chain is constrained, mm. you would think that once we come through that, that they'll be in a better position. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and obviously once they start opening borders, all that sort of stuff, mm. you know, obviously our manufacturing will be sought after, all our goods and services, food, everything else that we produce and export, I would expect that to be obviously doing better. And obviously imports are going to be more expensive, so we're probably going to be spending less on that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I think there's a lot Look, of positives. Look, it should be good for Australian manufacturing anyway, mm. in theory, mm. but it depends on where the raw materials are sourced. Yep. 
Mm. So that's the other side of it. Okay. But I'm all for Australian. So if you can buy Australian goods and support Aussie companies, then do that. Always check the labels. Oh, I do. I always check them and pay a few ex few cents extra just mm. to get Aussie peanut butter and whatever else it is. Yeah, it's going to change things, isn't it, mm. coming forward? So look, now's the time to get into your emails. And the first one that we have tonight is from... Um, oh, we don't know. It's, well, we, <laughs> it's, it's a mystery. Kevin. Hi, Dale. It's Kevin and Janine. Love your show um, and your books and your down-to-earth style, no BS. And I'm medium-term investor. I'm looking at TCL Transurban Group for when the dust settles. Good idea. So he's not talking now. Mm. He's mm. thinking about when the dust settles. Like most stocks, it has been hard hit uh, looking or hit hard looking at the 10-year monthly chart. It appeared to be ticking along nicely until recent times. So I'd probably agree with you there. Um, kind regards, Kevin. So we want to get up on the screen, TCL. So look just taking a short um, minute for me yeah, to get that Yeah, I mean, up it there. was. Transurban um, has been a really good company. And obviously, at this point in time, you'd think it'd be making money, wouldn't you? Because we're trying yeah. to get goods around Australia with the increased demand right across the board. It just I means, are they getting around? And well, this is that? about a, a stock market-wide correction. Mm. So mm. what you're saying is that there could still be a potential there in a stock like this. And I know what your thought is, looking for mm. stocks that could bounce back quickly when the overall pessimism well, that's where it out. is, is, you know, when you, know, when the, the, you get lemonade, you mm. just try and make lemonade out of it. So you where is the lemonade? Sorry, did I say that? Mm. No. Okay. When, See, just I'm make, listening to you. Make lemonade. Um, but, yeah, so that's what I'm looking for is where, what companies are going to bounce mm. and obviously what com companies are going to be more sustained in their bounce. Okay. So where's, so where's the positives, you know, is it like... Um, transport is it like we we can know that all these people that are wearing coffee shops and mm. places that have been unemployed now where are they going and yeah. where are they going to get jobs? But where supermarkets are, sl are, are much busier mm. right now, they're employing a lot of people. But delivery drivers, you know, the Uber Eats, all of those sorts of things, mm. a lot more people will be ordering in for a yeah. lot longer. You know, mm. like I was only chatting to our local Japanese restaurant today, going, where do I get my Japanese from? I can't come and see you. And they go, just ring me. Here's my mobile. You come and pick it up, delivery. Look, done. there's some things I'll have all delivered mm. to home and some things I won't. I guess it's because of the recycling side of things. I'm mm. into looking at sustainable materials at least that they use. And I find that a lot of takeaways actually in plastics that are single mm. use and I tend to try to avoid that where I can. It's not that I don't want to buy those particular foods. Yeah. It's more if I can avoid it, I will. You're not old enough to remember you'd take your pot to the Chinese restaurant no. and get filled up with food and come home again. Actually, it's funny you say that because when I went to one noodle place, I said to the guy, can I bring my wash the containers and bring them back? And he said, oh, I'll let you do it once. But after that, he didn't want me to do it. So I said, sorry, I'll have to take my business elsewhere. Cool. So let's look at Transurban okay. anyway. Yeah, we haven't looked tough, at it yet. Transurban there, you can see on the chart on the monthly, um, on the left-hand side, monthly chart, one straight move down. So looking at this month's decline, I'll take it from the top of the, the higher the bar, just so you can see what the range is. It's, 40 it's a 40-odd percent decline. Now, we're talking about a stock that was over $16 that is heading towards half of what it was before. Now, I know in speaking to some people, they're, they're talking about placing orders for stocks, and that's what tonight's about a little mm. bit. So we'll get into that later. But looking at TCL, I wouldn't be thinking after a decline like that that you would just jump back in because no, you don't even know where it's going to go from here at this point in terms of the big picture pattern mm. on the stock. But I think Kevin's got the right idea, waiting for the dust to settle. Yeah, and if then you do, that's smart. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's proven to be a long-term performer as far as the trending stock, so I think that's a yeah. good part about good it. Good trading stock, yeah. Mm. And I mm. think it's correct. So the next question we've got is from Jack. He says, hi, guys, what do you think of CSL going forward? I recently sold all of my CSL shares at 318. Um, and, or 31, I think it's probably 31. 318. 318, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm not reading this properly, am I? My, it's, it's further away now, the teleprompter. Yep. Um, at 318, and I'm looking at when is the best time to buy back in. There seems to be some resistance at around $275, or just be more patient and wait to see if it drops more um, of the next four to six weeks. So that's our next question. So let's bring up CSL and have a little bit of a look at that. Yeah, I've got that on the screen there at the moment. Now, you, you can see that um, CSL's actually held up reasonably well compared to a lot of stocks. Although it fell this week, you can see it opened low and then it's been closing up ever since. So it could be finding support at the moment. I actually had a projection on the downside for a little bit lower than that. Mm. So I was quite surprised that it didn't actually take it out and it's held up better than I thought. But it's good to see it um, holding up nicely. So it's trying to come back and conform with that longer term trend, that angle of the trend that's there. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't know whether this is just a one, 
you know, one month decline or whether CSL is going to follow the rest of the market and if it does continue down, go with it. But mm. it could be some weeks before we know that. So a rise back up potentially and possibly a move down. Yeah, and I think it's, it is looking promising right now, but I think it's a little bit too early to tell. And I think that's where we're at at the moment is um, not really sort of looking at where CSL has gone, and, but it's more about where we're going to and what we're actually going to be doing. And I think um, right now, maybe uh, it really does pay or will pay for you just to be a little bit patient rather than trying to jump in a little bit early. Um, but as I said, CSL long term is a great stock. It really is a nice looking stock. So just take it easy. Um, and I think uh, for this point in time, I think in the next few weeks, we'll start to set, we'll settle down and work out whether this is the right place for us. But I think it's about time we got into the chat and handle a couple of questions there. Now, I think the first question we got tonight is from William, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Do you think a recession is being priced into the market right now? And also, what happened to the stock market during the last recession in the 90s? So let's go and have a look at that one. So, um, and, and have a good look at the stock. And you're going you're gonna to bring it in. Sorry, what was the stock code again? I forgot. Um, with, the, with that stock... Oh, just on the market. Sorry, it was on the market. I went blank a little bit because I had people talking to me. So basically on the market, the market has priced in, I think the market's priced in uh, a lot more because what happens with the market or we, as human beings, we overreact to everything and that's really how we work it in. And so rather than think, okay, the market's going to fall to this and they price it in, they always go a little bit further because it's that um, emotional reaction that we have there to the market and what's going on is we do oversell quite often. It's just, it's pretty normal we overreact, but we also overreact on the upside too. We actually overbuy and we push the market above where it should be or intrinsic value that it should be. So yeah, I think it is um, probably a little bit overpriced now, but again, both and I expecting oversold, you mean? oversold um, right now, but we still think there's a big chance of it's going it to bounce a little bit and then it'll come back down again. And uh, we're not buying at the moment and we're sitting on our hands and, and wait and see. And we'll talk a little bit about more when we get into the to the main subject. But uh, right now, as I said, I think the market is something just to sit back and watch and be patient with rather than trying to jump in, trying to spike a few dollars here and there and everything else, unless you're fully, uh, you're a very educated trader. So, but I think we go to the next question. Uh, and the next question we've got is from Sensei um, Shredder who asked, is the ASX or NASDAQ swapping over their systems to blockchain technology soon? Around the same time as Ripple was introduced worldwide, uh, one currency to be used for pay things. And the next one, so what we're looking for here, um, look, I have no idea, matey. I really don't. Um, it's when, if they're going to move over to blockchain, I don't know any of that sort of stuff. And it's probably, it's not really relevant to me. I know a lot of exchanges are looking at um, blockchain. I know the ASX is looking at that and moving into that because blockchain technology is quite exciting and they really, really are. Now, when you're talking about cryptocurrencies, whole different ballgame to me um, in terms of that to me. As a trader and investor, I also, I want to make sure something's regulated before I'll trade it. Now, I know there's a lot more validity, I suppose, nowadays to cryptocurrencies than what they were um, in two, three, four years ago. Uh, and they're a little bit more accepted now around the world, but they're still not accepted like currency, like you can't buy coffee with it, so to speak, if that makes sense. So there's still a lot of work to happen on cryptocurrencies before it's a worldwide accepted thing that the norm, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. But to tell you that, matey, there's one of the guys I'm going to be talking with um, in the US is a cryptocurrency expert. Um, so oh. stay tuned for those that. talks. Uh, so I'll be getting into that anyway. But um, All right, Dale, I think it's time that we get into the chat and handle some questions. That's why we were being into some the more. chat, haven't we? Oh, we want some more cats. Okay. Mm. The next question we got I'm from... To move you on. You're trying to move me on. I thought it's a cattle prop. Um, it's from Alan who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Great to be back here again as usual um, to hear your little pearls of wisdom. Thanks, matey. Um, the next question is from Caleb who asked, Dale and Janine, love your calm videos. Your book says filtering, suggests filtering with fundamentals like EPS, etc. Um, but uh, he's talking about the fundamentals lagging too far. The guys have scrolled a little bit too fast on my teleprompter for me. But um, we do, when we talk about my book, um, I do talk about screening things with fundamentals. So, and we do use some of those metrics in um, our um daily life, I suppose, as Look, investors and traders. We found so often mm. that the fundamentals lag 
They do. All the time. In the GFC, mm. we sat there watching it, listening to people in the industry saying how these stocks are cheap and then just sitting there thinking, geez, these people are going to... I shouldn't say that, but um, <laughs> these people are going to be put into a hole um, because mm. those stocks look like they were going to continue to fall and yet the, the, the industry were talking about the fundamentals being yeah. good. So yeah. that always happens in a correction. Well, it's pretty common for, even in normal market conditions, for a buy... Mm to come out fundamentally, saying a stock's undervalued, so it's a buy, but for it to continue to fall away in price. Because people, it's about people's perception of a stock. If you've seen a stock falling away heavily, um, you don't like it. It's pretty much like that. You're thinking, well, I don't want to keep buying the stock. It's, it's, it keeps falling. But eventually it's going to get to its fundamental value, and then it's going to fall right through that. Um, and you see brokers put out recommendations when something is undervalued and say buy, but it does keep falling so away. So think about the, the, the individuals mm. who don't know anything about the market, realising that the stock price was, say, $30 and mm. is now 15 mm. thinking, I can make a killing on this. You know, that's the sort of thinking that's out there at the moment, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you get all the people trying to bottom pick at the mm. moment. But it is dangerous to try and bottom pick. And really, fundamentals, to get to sort of give you a bit of a, an overview of fundamentals, is they are lagging. They really much are because obviously they... There's a lot of uncertainty. Correct. The because they're, they're based on the company reports, which happen every six months. Um, and so that that's part of it. But the other part of it is because we people do overbuy and oversell, that's the other factor into that. So what Janine and I use fundamentals for is to tell us what to look at. That's really what we're doing. It doesn't tell us when to buy and when to sell. So we never take a signal to buy or sell off fundamentals. It's just telling us what to buy and what to sell. So Or what to look to buy and what to look to sell because eventually if it becomes too much undervalued, then the market's going to realise and they're going to start to buy it and it's going to start to move up. And the opposite is correct too. If it becomes too much overvalued, the market will stop buying that um, and then the stock will start coming down again. So that's really where we use the charts to tell us when to buy and when to sell and just the fundamentals about what. So mm. what about that? I think you've done well. Okay. So do we have time for another question, Mr. Producer? Or Okay, so the next question we got is from, I think it's Citation AU, who says, dangerous to have a nibble with Woodside. So oh, I'm he's not asking sure. the question. <laughs> well, Woodside's been hit very, very heavily, given it's in the energy sector at the moment, and a lot of stuff in the energy sector has been hit hard, like oil search and a couple of the other there. But, um, yeah, it would be dangerous to have a nibble on Woodside right now because you just don't know. Um, and this is really where... Um, I guess I'd ask the question, was it dangerous to have a nibble on Woodside here in mm -hmm. February 2020, right? So if it was dangerous then, potentially, and it, and it was because it was about to take out this low here, is it dangerous now? Well, yes, it's taken out this low here. So all that support, previous support in history has now been broken. So it's got to find new support. Now it has to go all the way back mm -hmm. to 2000, 2001 to test the buyer support from back there. So at the moment, the stock's being dumped, basically. It's not worth what it was um, for the last, whatever, two decades, is it, nearly? Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking here at a decline of nearly 80% there for Woodside from the That's high huge. in the GFC. So it didn't recover to the GFC, and it's actually fallen significantly. Pretty much what some of the stocks fell that really almost went to the wall in the GFC. So that's where Woodside's at at the moment. Very difficult position for Woodside to be in. And I've just been doing some research on, on the oil, the whole oil industry. So I might have something, you know, in a couple of weeks to talk about there. However, looking at some of the strongest support across here, we can see there at around that $10 mark is, is a really strong level for it. Somewhere between $10 and $12 could be where um, Woodside can find it low. Mm. And that's a concern, isn't it, for anyone holding the stock because it means that it could go lower. Well, it could go low, and that's the thing is, and I find what we're getting a lot of questions from people, and that's part of, public, part of the subject we've got tonight, which we'll start in a minute. Yeah. Um, and everybody's saying, can I buy this now? Should I get in now? Blah, blah, blah. But when you talk to the students, our students and graduates, they're not saying any of that. Mm. They're just saying, this is exciting. Mm. I'm sitting on my hands at the moment, or a few of them are trading short. Others are just doing other things. But right now, they're just being patient because they're rubbing their hands together going, when I'm ready or when the market's ready, I'm going to make money. And this is the, the real distinction between real traders and everybody else. Everybody else thinks they can get pick up stuff cheap and try and trade little bits on the market. Real traders wait for the best possible time 
to take the trade. And what I mean by the best possible time to take the trade, I mean in the safest possible time to reap the reward. And that's not necessarily trying to pick a bottom, that's trying to pick something that's highly likely to move up in a sustained move. And that's where real traders actually have a lot of patience and they don't listen to the market noise and they're not trying to bottom pick and trying to catch falling knives and all the other things we talk about. But the people that aren't educated are the ones that constantly are asking, has the market stopped, has this stopped, has that stopped? Mm. Um, not real traders. Yeah, because the industry will be looking at the fundamentals and mm. saying the stock's cheap and trying to get people to buy now. Because they want people to transact. Because a lot of people who are going to transact has, has, have already transacted. Mm. So, you know, this time right now is the brokers can make a lot of money. Yeah, they're making a lot of money while the market's falling, mm. but they're also quite scared, I'd say, because if people are scared of the market, then they're not trading. Mm. So once everybody's, ev every, anybody that's ever going to panic has finished panicking, the market must go up because yep. there's nobody left to sell mm. and there's money going into super all the time and, and manage funds and so the market must start to drift up then mm -hmm. but the brokers are seriously worried because if the mainstream people are staying out of the market because they're scared of it then obviously volumes will drop trading mm. will drop they'll yeah. lose commissions mm. um, and obviously having to stay at home that's well there'll be a gap in those earnings is what you're saying Correct. yeah which okay. is what could happen with any company that's trading on the exchange mm. and even the supermarkets that are doing well at the moment mm. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. So I think now's the time we got into into our subject for the night, I'd say, isn't it? I think it is. And this subject is, should I buy stocks now or leave my money in the bank? A big question there. Now, week in, week out, we're asked our thoughts on stocks um, and regardless of whether the stock market's bullish or bearish, it's common behaviour for many investors to want to buy stocks that have fallen heavily in price because they perceive them to be cheap. Now, for some of you, after having watched this show, you would know um, you wouldn't do this, would you? Oh, wouldn't they? Yeah, they do. With the latest stock market correction, there is increased talk from investors wanting to jump in early to grab a bargain. So tonight we will look at whether now is the time to buy stocks and what you need to know before you invest or whether you would be better off leaving your money in the bank. Now, we'll answer these questions for you by going back in time so that you can see what has occurred in history and what's more, what's likely to occur from here because human behaviour doesn't change and so what happened before will happen again. Now, before we get into some charts, um, you'll have heard from us never to catch a falling knife and we've already said it once tonight and I think we said it about dozen times last week and, and mm. the week before. So we continually say this, but now is probably the most important thought you can hold into your mind right now. And it's not about buying when a stock is still falling. Now, if you do buy before the lows are confirmed, it means your focus is in what you can make rather than what you might lose. So you are a high risk, you are high risk and might end up missing the best opportunities. Now, I talk about this in my books and I share strategies that will give you the confidence and help you to enter the, at the most probable time to profit. So you stop being part of the herd and understand when is the better time to buy with much lower risk. Now, during every market correction, people with very little or no knowledge and experience try to jump into stocks before they have stopped falling and take big risks in the hope of making a profit, but most end up experiencing the opposite. So remember, if a stock price is falling, it can always fall further. And for the current correction, a rise of just a few days or a couple of weeks does not confirm a low. Right now, the temptation for investors is to jump in um, and it's significant as leaving your money in the bank won't earn you any money you know, at the moment either. But mm. why blow the opportunity by doing something that's foolish when we're heading towards the best time in at least 10 years, and for some stocks it could be 20 or more, to be patient and prepare for those opportunities which will occur over the coming years. So if you're really serious about making money from the market over the next one, two, five or 10 years, now's the time to have a chat with us about learning how to do it. Um, this is about being prepared with the right knowledge and skills so that you can take advantage of what is ahead in the market. Now, history demonstrates that for every market cycle, there's always a big recovery. So the first step to being prepared is to take a look at what happened in history. Now, to assist you in understanding this, we've chosen one of the most significant stock market corrections. And this is why we're going back to 1929. So we're going to bring up 
uh, an image of the 1929 crash and have a bit of a look at that. So do you mm. want to bring that up, Jane? Yeah, that's a really interesting chart to look at. OK, so if we start with the All Lords first. OK, cool. Um, now, we've got data going back to the 1800s um, on our market and we can go back on the Dow and have a look as well just for point of comparison. But did you want to talk about that? Well, I do. Then? I just wanted to, because sh- we've had a lot of questions from people saying, ah, oh, look, everybody's saying we're going into a recession. We're going into, then they're talking about depressions, mm. et cetera, et cetera. All these unemployed people, blah, blah, blah. So, and yes, there's been a lot of people unemployed from coffee shops, but we got to look at a lot of the people that um, in restaurants and coffee shops and that, they're sort of under the 25 mark. They're all a lot more uni students, those sorts of things. Now, I'm not saying not that. Not necessarily. Like, not I'm feeling for people, just things that I've heard and I really think that it's mm. challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm not. I'm not trying to under uh, to to um, under. No, I know you're not. That, but I'm just saying there's a lot there. But then they, they there's other industries that mm. are needing more people. They need more people to pack in storage places for yeah. for all the things that are happening, like the food and everything. Um, mm. You know, transport. There's jobs for. There's probably a lot more jobs for for delivery people. There's mm. whole. So it's about shifting of everything else, and that's what's going on. But but what, it's going to be mm. too slow to pick up the slack at this point. Correct. Though. And mm. so that will take a little while to get going. But a lot of people are thinking, oh, are we going to go into a depression? There's been a lot of correlation to 1929. A lot yeah. of people are saying, are we going to do a 1929? But looking at the screen, you'll actually see 1929. Our market bottomed in 1931, and you can see that down there. It fell over well, nearly 50% in price. Now, the Dow fell 90% into 1932. We only fell 50% into 1931. But look at the bars after that. After that major low in 1931, you can see one, two, three, four five, six green bars. They're all yearly bars. So six years our market rose. And that's during the Great Depression. Mm. And you're looking at the low. That low there was around about 25, just over 25 points. And it rose up to 75 points. You can see there on that right-hand scale. So our market rose close to 300% in that six years. So I don't know about you guys, if the same thing happens moving forward as what happened in out of 1931, I'm pretty excited about that. And this is really what we need to talk about is all too often we feel like we're in the pressure cooker and we're looking at today's problem and we're feeling like, um, what do we do? Because most people don't know what to do uh, and that fear of the uncertainty of, well, what if I go out there and, and I catch the coronavirus? What happens if? What if I lose my job? What if uh, X? What happens with the market? Is the market going to recover? What has going to happen with my superannuation? So there's always unknown. And, and what we know after every major pullback is a big market rise and it's just about waiting for that to happen and jumping in on that and you'll profit if you're smart and that's what we're saying is smart traders will wait for the rises to happen and then jump in on they're not going to jump too early and this is where a lot of people that aren't experts um, will get it wrong now let's bring up the uh, the Dow Jones and show exactly the same time on the Dow Jones so this is the Dow Jones in the 1929 crash. And you see there, November 29 there is listed. That's the first, I think it was 90 days. Now this is actually, we didn't show uh, on the um, mm. the Australian market, we were showing a yearly chart. Correct. Right, because the data's a bit more thin. It's a bit patchier. Yeah, it's a bit patchier. So on this chart, it's actually much broader. So it's a monthly chart. So you can see a lot more detail. Yeah, if you want to, the statistics on this, where the fall was and when it rose up into April uh, 1930, I actually talked about it with Jim Beach on my US stock market report that was released earlier today here on YouTube, so you can actually see the percentages. But 1929 had fallen 50%. You can see there that blue line, that low bottom blue line there. It went up, it rose about 50-something percent into April uh, 1930, and then it fell about 80 percent from April 1930 down to the ventral low in 1932 but it was all upwards of 89 percent fall from the all-time high in 1925. So it was interesting that our market bottomed before the US market did. Yeah it did, Mm. it did, it very much bottomed before the US. It didn't fall for as long and it didn't fall uh, as deeply in price. Now Mm. quite often that's the case with our market, it's different timings, it sort of goes with them but it's also a bit of a different timing. We generally have lows at different times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's before the Dow, sometimes that's after the Dow, just depends on the market. But But how do people, mm. like you know it's all very well for us to sit here and talk about this, Mm. what's happened, Mm. but what is it mean to these people like it means that okay there's a big opportunity coming because after a market bottoms there are 
huge uh, there's huge potential upside in stocks. Hmm. The challenge for most people is working out, and even for us at times, working Correct. out when that bottom is there. And so that's why we're more cautious in doing that rather than just jumping in as soon as you know the stock starts going up for a week or so, which is what people who have no idea. Because I remember, I never forget the um, presentation mm. that you did years ago for some students where mm. you actually showed them. And if we can go back to that chart of the Dow for a minute, I just want to use this as an example mm. where you showed a chart and it wasn't the Dow Jones, but you showed an example of, okay, guys, if you were in this period here and you were showing, say, a weekly chart where, was, the, yeah. where the, the stock or market, whatever it was, was rising. And you said, who'd be buying right now? And all these hands went up because it actually showed a really strong move back up. And the, and the thing is, then um, you showed them where it actually was in the big scheme of things. So, for example, mm. like this chart you've just seen now on the screen, it was in the middle of a decline. Yeah. But because they were trying to get in and bottom pick, they were stuck in that situation. And then the market continued to fall quite heavily after that. Yeah, that's sort of, I mean, that's very, the stock. well, I mean, my analogy for that is, you know, if you're standing in the middle of a stairwell, your face pressed up against the step. Do you know where you're at the top, the bottom, or the middle of the stairwell? And that's really where we are right now. We've got our face firmly planted against the step as a community of everybody. I think everybody. you'd have a black eye. You'd probably have a black eye, but you've got your face right pressed up against the step because we don't know right now, has the market finished falling? Or where, are, where are we? Are we halfway down? We're a third of the way down or 100% of the way down? We don't know yet. And it's not until you look at the bigger picture of what's possible, mm. then you start to realise it because the Dow could fall another 20% from where it is right now and our market could fall uh, from where it currently is right now and so that's why we need to be mindful one or two weeks up is not confirmation the market's bottomed and it's not time to get in now all we've seen is a big move down that's all we've seen so yeah. far so we will get a bounce and and why do we get that bounce like you know it's because two things one i'll say one one is because short positions are being unwound because they see their risk is getting higher mm. as the market drops or stocks drop do you want to say another one? Yeah, and the other thing is, is obviously you get people that are wanting to bottom pick with the fear of missing out or the FOMO. Mm. So what they're doing, and, and this is what I, I was about to say, it's driving me mad at the moment. People are asking us to give them, should I buy this stock now? Has the market stopped falling? And they want to give, want us to give them the, the, the date and the price. Basically go, yeah, this stock stopped falling, CSL stopped falling or NAB stopped falling. You can buy in now or the market stopped falling. Or I'm getting people saying, well, if I don't buy, then I'll miss out on the bounce. No, you won't miss out on the bounce. This is the thing. And that's what Janine was saying earlier. It's people trying to, they're thinking about how much money they can make, not how much they can lose. And Janine and I, number one thing that we always do is go, what can we lose first? Second thing, to me, nobody rings me if a stock they own is going up. They only ever ring and, and get stressed if it's going down. So the number one priority of any good trader is to make sure you protect risk and protect downside because the upside will take care of itself. And if all you think about is how much money you can make by buying a stock, then you will take higher risk than you need to. And, and we can't say that enough. And yet people ask us questions and they put comments on our YouTube and our Facebook pages asking us the questions. And they're asking us because we're experts, we know what we're doing, but then they don't listen. And that's the interesting thing. So is thing this is, a love chat? You know, you're giving them well, a bit of a Well, it is a love kind... chat. We, we learn more from people's questions than they do from our answers, I believe. Okay. And so, and people keep asking those same questions over and over again, and we keep giving them the answers. But at the end of the day, we can only keep giving the answers. You have to enact those uh, I think observation is going to prove mm. it. So just keep watching yeah. what happens on the market and then see mm. for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So right now is not the time to buy in my book. Uh, right now, bank interest is so low and you often say that people should own banks, not have their money in, in them. Money. Well, well, I do. I, I quite often, I often say to people, why would you put your money in a term deposit when you can own the bank and get better money from an interest? Now, you know, to me, Banks are looking a lot more interesting in terms of the dividend yield, and I mentioned that on my report yesterday. Yeah, but they're still mm. looking really bearish. If we, Correct. If we were to look at a chart of mm. some of the big four banks, and I think you did this, you put this article together just recently, and it Correct. was in our e-news about yes. the banks. However, you know, we, we haven't seen them looking like this for a long time. No, they've been down for over five years, so how much further can they go? But they can go further, but, you know, where they're going to be in five years' time, probably above where they are right now. Um, but you've got to weigh that up, the dividend yield versus possible fall, uh, further falls in your capital. But um, there is some arguments now about getting but better dividend But there'll be great yields. opportunities for in the banks down the track. Yeah, but don't 
What one thing don't expect the banks to hold their dividend yields up if they're making less money they're going to drop point. the dividend yield and so don't that goes with all companies though and that was yeah correct that's with all companies so if mm. you are buying something for dividend yield expect them if they're making less money they're going to drop their dividend yield um, so they'll become a little bit less attractive on that but anyway um, hopefully you enjoyed our little bit of a discussion rant um, on the, so the bottom line is bottom line that is, we're saying now is not the time to buy correct. Be, to be patient and wait and look at the moment, maybe just leave your money in the bank well, you I think have you, to. But... I, you actually said it best, actually. Now's not the time to buy, but it's going to be the best time to buy in a decade. 10 or 20 years for yeah. some stocks. And to me, mm. that's the exciting part. And, and, if you, if, and I 100% believe what Janine said in that. That means you don't have to jump early. This is not a race. This is about you making money and making it safely. So I'd rather, I've said a million times, I'd rather leave some money on the table to make sure the market's going up before I get in. And that's really what we're saying yeah, so here. So get is, yourself set up and prepare mm, for what's coming. Yeah, now's the time to be prepared. And, and that's what you said there mm. with, um, you know, about time to get an education. Plenty of time to study. Yeah, mm. I know people make excuses. I don't have time and don't have the money to study. And then they put off our course. Mm. But if you'd studied our course a year ago, two years ago, you'd be making a lot of money on the market right now and doing really, really well. So There's still time. There is still time. And now's the best time to learn. Um, because uh, the market, you're not going to be worried about making lots of profits at this point in time. So if you're learning now when the market does turn and start to move up again, you'll be able to take advantage of it. It's actually the best time to learn. I can remember mm, when is. I started and when other people have started, you know, when if mm. the market dips, it's great to learn mm. during that time. Mm. Right, so now's the time to get back into the chat and see what other questions we have there. So let me have a look. And the next question is from Citation AU who says, oh, no, we've already done that one, mate. Um, so that's the Woodside question. Let's, the next one is from Smith Stone, who asked, if the bright guys bring me up the question, it's a bit stuck, uh, who asked, if I get, if you get a rally now or stock stops falling, will it be a relief rally um, or the market has bottomed out? Um, I find wax stocks <laughs> tempting for the future. So we're talking about, uh, you know, obviously the, the, Oz, the Aussie version of the FANG stocks. So let's go and have a look at some of the wax stocks. So we've so got... So what stock do you like? Well, you've got um, Wise. Um, you've got Zero is one of them. You've got Appen's one of them. Then there's um, Wise Tech. I think it's Wise Tech. And I'm trying to remember the last one. I can't remember. There's, but let's look at... We looked at Zero last week, didn't we? Yeah, so well, let's see if we can find another one. WiseTech is the one that you were looking at, wasn't it? Yeah. So to me, looking at those stocks, I don't have a problem with that because obviously they're all technology stocks. And right now, we, we've got a few little technology issues with our laptop and working it on this show. And I can't get our IT people to fix it. They're so busy trying to get companies into the cloud and people working from home. And so little jobs for us like that, little techie stops, uh, things for us has been put on the back burner because, you know, for us, it's, there's no difference to us what's going on at the moment around the world. Our students won't notice any difference because all our staff have been able to work from home for a long time and, uh, you know, we're quite... Put we're running in quite, place. Yeah, everything's so, been in place with us for a long, long, long time. But so anyway... Let's just have a look at the chart of WiseTech. Now, you can see there on the monthly... Uh, look, WiseTech's actually been falling since September 2019 and, and the recent decline has in February has really pushed it through the floor. We've seen a 74% decline. So that's why we talk about stocks being some stocks being more defensive than others, thinking about CSL and then thinking about these tech stocks. Okay, these are great to trade in a rising and falling market mm. to be able to do that if you can get a market in when, when everybody's shorting it. But looking at it um, on the decline here, it looks like it's trying to find support. Now, given it's fallen 74%, it may actually be getting close to um, where a bottom is. But as we've said before, you don't know, you won't know for some time whether that's in or not. So, but there is strong support across there. You can see now, but if this gets taken out, that's not great for the stock at all. No, it's not. Mm. No, but I think it's worth having a look at that sector um, because when you're looking at sectors that are going to have that I, th I think once we once we get over this um, little bit of a hurdle, because obviously with everything, whether it's the market or whether it's a pandemic, we have waves. So the market will run in waves, pandemics will run in waves, because that's just human psychology. I mean, if you get 100 people standing on the side of the road and you say, look, there's $1,000 on the other side of the road if you want to run over and get it, you'll get, and it's a busy highway, you'll get 10 running straight away. They'll just take it to the wind and they'll just be dodging trucks and everything Is that supposed to be else. a joke? Yeah, but I didn't tell you to take your pants off. It's a off. really bad one. I just one. said just run across the road, okay? 
you'll get 80. Hang on, we're not talking about me here. We're talking about whoever's running across the road, and I wouldn't be one of those. No, you wouldn't be one of those, but you get, you, get the, you get the leaders who the people will just throw caution to the wind and run to try and get it. Then about 80 will actually just wait for all the traffic to stop, wait for most of the traffic to stop, and they'll go over in a mass, in a herd, will go. And then you'll have about 10 people that just wait that there's no traffic, the police have come, the sirens are out, then you can walk across the road. They'll walk across the road. That's human behaviour. But you have waves of that, and that doesn't change with humans. So with the pandemic, we'll get a wave that gets really bad, and right now it seems worse. It's at, at its worst, or I'm getting the feeling that we're hearing the worst of it right now. What we'll probably do, it'll die off a little bit, then have another little bit of a wave, and then it'll die off again. And I think that's what will happen. Uh, how long that's going to take, I'm not sure. But right now, uh, we know that happens with the stocks. We know that happens with the market. The market will rise and then fall away again if it does normal behaviour. But uh, let's have a look at another stock and we'll go and look at, uh, go, let's go and have a look at Appen. And then okay. we'll have a look at um, Zero as well. Because a little technology issue with my um, with our questions. We've got three cameras tonight. It's the first time we're using three cameras, so it's fantastic we're getting the technology, but um, tiny little issues. All right. Now, we can see there the chart of Appen on the monthly. Uh, reasonable, reasonable support has been found here at around this 1560 mark. The stock's come down in a really nice orderly pattern. This is a pattern you would learn uh, when you study with us. We'll teach you all about that and how far stocks are likely to decline when they actually complete this sort of pattern. And looking at um, Appen, you can see there was a big gap on the left-hand side of the chart, mm -hmm. just um, as I always do, just to make sure that the data is actually full and complete on there. And looking at the left-hand side of the chart, the biggest support is actually down here. So it looks like it's found support, but there is actually a really strong level just below that, somewhere between about $12 and, and $14. So. Mm -hmm. Still risk on the downside. And like with a lot of these stocks, getting mm. a trend line on a chart is going to take some time. Yeah, It's not going to happen just in a couple of weeks. So that's the thing with um, a stock like this. It yeah. could just rise up. We could see it come up a bit and try to challenge that resistance there at around 21, 22 uh, before we know whether it's likely to recover or not. So there's a I'm excited test. about that stock. Not to buy right now, but just I'm Just because excited. it's held up well. Yeah, mm. I'm really excited about that stock. I'm excited about a lot of stocks, but not to buy right now. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, because I know the that, risk is, like you say, mm, things come in waves. So mm. there's uncertainty out there at the moment. You mm. know, there's not a lot known as to how what the true impact is going to be Correct. on a lot of these companies. So the risk is that it actually comes back up and then could continue down like other stocks. Mm. You know, but something it is a positive. Like you get onto YouTube. I'm I'm not, it I get onto YouTube, and I've been on YouTube a few times. And there's just this wave of all these new videos of all these experts on the stock market. People I've never heard of Oh, before. this has come out because of the crisis. Yeah, everybody's now an expert on the stock market and what's going on. I went, right. okay, good luck. So they'll probably be gone in six months' time. But they're all trying to get you know, clickbaity things so that they make advertising money out, oh, right. of, out of YouTube. I, think. I mean, we don't make a cent out of YouTube. Like, we don't do that. Yeah. So, and I don't want to. And I think sometimes YouTube might penalise us for that and not give us more viewers. But who cares? We're here to help you. And that's really what we're here. So let's have a look at another uh, question. We're now going old school back to my iPad, my trusty iPad. Um, we've got Alistair George who says, hi, guys, love the show. So bring up SLR. And okay. I'll finish the next, the rest of the question. Um, hi guys, love the show. I've just come home from my holiday um, to your book day. We'll be getting into it. Would like your thoughts on SLR with gold price up high and no change in gold mining. Thanks. So Silver Lake. Now Silver Lake's done incredibly well. It it had a range of about thirty seven percent this month, but it's managed to close back up again. So. Uh, for the current month, it's actually only down about 14%. So that's pretty good. It's holding with the angle of the trend at the moment. The whole angle of that rise up is looking quite nice. I think that it's just hit its head um, on important resistance across the chart here. We can see that through this zone here at about $1.50 up to about $1.90 there. Look, this could recover um, reasonably well. We're just seeing a test now. Uh, there is a gap there on the daily chart, so it could come back and start trading sideways. If it takes out this low here on the 23rd of March, then I'd be uh, suggesting that it's more likely to continue to move down again. But looking at the stock overall, it does trend reasonably quickly. Uh, so it's a good trading stock, but it can be really volatile. So you have to understand how it moves. So you can see these nice moves in a, in a month as the stock or in a week, sorry, as the stock rises up. 
we can see there a nice run of about 35%, but then it can just do the same thing on the way down when it comes on down on the other side. And, and okay, these are different circumstances that we're seeing on our market. There was a 20% move there and 32% in the one in the one week. Uh, so there's a, that explains the volatility of this share when there is a bit of a panic around. But historically, it's not like that for this share. If you go back in history, it doesn't tend to do that. 17% um, move down in a week. That's what you really have to understand with these shares, how they move. And that happens at the, you know, when stocks are less liquidity than say some of the big stocks like BHP and Rio, which can also be volatile in these times. But Silver Lake Resources, is one that's held up well, Dale. Yeah, yeah, it has held up well. And some of these gold, silver mining as well, because people tend to initially go for those because they think they're safe. But, but, but funnily, initially it was actually mm. sold off like a lot mm. of other stocks. Mm. So a big decline there just in the one uh, week. Yeah, I know there's a, you know, we've seen articles out in the last few days. I've seen YouTube videos out in the last few days trying to get people to buy gold and silver. Now, I don't know, you know in my book right now, it still looks a bit... I'd stay right out of it, you yep. know, and obviously we've talked about buying physical gold and physical silver, that sort of stuff, yep. um, you know, or buying a stock like this. But right now, again, it's you know, not looking super bullish at the moment, is it? But it's it's not been super bearish either. Yeah, so, not like other stocks that have been like big declines stocks. like it had after the GFs. Oh, look, you know, since the mm. correction with the mining sector, so the whole mining sector declined from 2011 mm. down, mm. and it did the same thing, but... Oh, anyway, it'd be interesting to see how this yeah. one unfolds. Watch. Cool. Mm. So if you're watching right now and you're loving the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Please do that. It really does help us and helps everybody find our show. So if you haven't done that, please do that now. And also hit that like button, that big thumbs up, and give us a thumbs up to say, yeah, Dale and Janine, you're doing a fantastic job. I know Janine's doing a great job anyway. She does it every single week. Now, I've got a surprise for you. That. Guess who's on the chat for him? Somebody you haven't spoken to in years. Who? Sonia Burrell. Oh my goodness, Sonia. So she's asked, like an old reunion. After she can email Fantastic. you. Yes, you can. <laughs> if you don't email Janine, she'll hunt you down Thank um, you. from all of that. So she will. Um, we've got a, a one from Ashton Taylor who says, Hi guys, could you please touch on BBOZ? So, Love to. Let's have a look at that one. BBOZ. All right. Now, you can see there on the screen, beta shares. Um, is the one that you're talking about, Australian Equity Strong. This is actually a hedge fund. Okay, so interesting to see what's happening. Now, this fund was actually in major decline. It had traded all the way from August 2015. So the recent activity has actually seen it only recover about half of what it had already lost. So 76% decline over time. Why would you even be looking at it? Um, and then just what one month, the month of March, it's been up. So... You know, this is not the sort of thing that I would um, be suggesting that people look at, but it's interesting to see, Dale, isn't it, um, mm. how the hedge funds are performing in the current market. So that's well, my... Well, it is. It's, mm. It is. They are, with the hedge funds, obviously, you expect them to be making money. This is the money, the time where they make their money. Mm. Um, and one of the... Um, how hedge funds make money is they borrow stock and then they sell it. So what's, one of the things I know we've talked about it a few times more privately is how where, where do they borrow the stock from? Mm. So, and what they're doing is, and I know we've had in the last week a couple of industry funds saying that they're not going to do uh, allow their stock to be borrowed by these hedge Good. funds anymore. And mm. I think that's a fantastic idea because mm. most people don't understand when what, what Who hedge was that? funds. Do you know? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I uh, know I can't remember, but I know it was an industry super fund a couple of days ago. Right. Said said they Ask were going to stop Ask your super fund whether they loan out out your stocks. Mm. For those of you who don't understand short selling, what is actually going in the hedge funds do, what they do is they sell what they don't own and buy it back later. Now, that really sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But yep. what they're doing is, let's say Janine's got BHP. Say so I've got 1,000 BHP shares. And yep. I want a short BHP. So I'll go to Janine, I'll go, can I have your shares for a little while and then I'll give, give them back 2%. to you a little bit later. And I'll give you 2% on the money. You know, I'll give you a bit of interest on the money. Then what I do is I take her shares and I sell them and the money comes back in from selling them. I put that in a bank account and then I pay her that interest plus a little bit more so that she's happy and I promise to give them back to her. But I'm not happy. But you're not happy and she wants to. Why would them I back. give you my stock when you're just going to push it down? Because I'm going to make money from your stock. Yeah, thanks very much. I know. No thanks. So I might and be selling... And why do we allow this? Hey? And why do we allow this for a more 
liquid market. For a liquid, for a liquid That's market. That's the argument, but is mm. that really true? Or is it just about people who are in high places being able to get access to stock to short it and then... I think it's a bit of both. ...make a lot of money. I think it's more of the second one. But I think the part that I don't like is the fact that little people don't understand that. Correct. Correct. Mm. So in, in a in normal market, it works pretty well because, you know, I would buy the share back at a lower price, hand it back to Janine. She's got the shares she had already. And now they're worth 30% less. And now they're worth 30% <laughs> less. And you think, why would they do that? Well, because big funds can't move money that fast. So they're quite happy to give it to a short seller and to them to sell it and then get it back later. But um, again, I know somebody made a comment on here, should we ban short selling again like we did during the GFC? And I know... We were vocal on that during the GFC mm. about short selling and, and saying it should have been banned. At some point, you've got to stop it because mm. it's when is it not a normal market? And we've had a situation that's not a normal market. Markets don't crash at the top. No, they don't. You know, that's not normal. And this is not a normal market here. So um, one of the people I'm going to be interviewing from New York is the guy that actually puts together a lot of these deals for the short seller. So he's the guy that does the securities lending. So one of the shows that I'll show you with will be, well, will be I'll be interviewing him quite a few times. I was going to do that this morning, um, but we had a little technical issue. But uh, he'll be an interesting chat. So uh, watch out for these shows when we get them on. But it should be in the next week we start pulling numbers out. Um, but I'm not going to tell you too much now. I'm just going to throw out a little bit of bait and so hopefully You're teasing them. I'm teasing them so um, I don't know if we've got any more stocks I know I looked through there we've um, always got more requests we've for stocks we've always got more stocks I've got to go through oh, all this sort of stuff somebody says trade with the trend the trend is your friend I know that's fantastic that's what we talk about so um, A2 Milk Steve Papandreou says A2 Milk um, seems to have weathered the storm looking like a great stock Look, A2 Milk's still holding up. However, if it falls through this 13th March low, which is actually 13.85, I would be very concerned about it. Now, it may have held up, but it's it's not going anywhere. Um, it's just trading sideways. So one, two, three, four, five, six weeks holding sideways. So you can see all of that support underneath it at the moment. Now, if it rises and goes through that high, then it's home and hosed. It's in the clear. But if it starts to come back again, then, like I'm saying, then we could be seeing it fall below this low here. Mm. Somebody also asked about whether the banks would be another Telstra. Oh, really? Too. And I thought that was an interesting question because for those mm. of you who don't know, Telstra fell for about 10 years. That's really what it did. Um, and it fell, I think, Some of the banks are, are already, are already in, in long-term declines. Can we bring a chart up? Yeah, yeah, because I showed the banks again quickly yesterday. But the banks have been declining since March, April 2015. Most of them have fallen anywhere between 30 and 50%. Um, but generally 50% would really, 50% of their high price would pull them up. So whereas Telstra went down to 62%, it's rare for a stock to fall sort of 90% of its highest price. It does happen, um, but it's rare. But looking at the banks, they could still fall further, couldn't they? Yeah, look, I mean, you've got one month down. Now, how rare would it be in the stock market for a stock to pull down like that and mm. then go back up again? It would be extremely rare yeah. for that to happen. So looking at uh, NAB, I, I would say, you know, I don't want to talk um, too negatively about it, but we could be seeing NAB head down to around the $10 mark. I've got a question mm. for you. What's that? What was the worst performing bank in the last five years? Look, NAB's always struggled. It's always been, if you just so look you're at picking NAB? Uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah. You're wrong. Really? Yeah. What was it? Surprise, hey. It is. Yeah, you'll have to watch my show from yesterday. Oh, okay, you're talking about the recent fall. No, from, from, no, from the all-time highs, from that March, April 2015. Oh, okay, because we always said that NAB was the dog stock. It because is. Because it had done nothing for, what? what is it, 1999 in the cross? Yeah, so those are people who have read so my book. So it's ANZ books. then, is it? So people have read my book, I'm How to Beat the Manage Funds. There's only no, four big banks. I'm well, going to go know, through a lot until you say yes. But the last 20, I'm not saying the last 20 years, <laughs> that would be NAB. Okay. But um, it's the last, in my book, How to Beat mm. the Managed Funds by 20%, it yeah. was the worst performing bank. And it, again, in my Accelerate Your Wealth, which is the next 10 years, moving on, including yeah. the GFC, NAB was the worst. But over the last five years, it's been Westpac. Yeah, look, um, I mean, we used to like Westpac and CBA, and then mm. we changed to CBA and, and Macquarie because mm. they held up the best and they were making the gains while these banks were just going mm. up slightly or sideways. Mm. But look at the chart of ANZ there. The chart of ANZ is just really bearish. Uh, it hasn't taken out this low yet during the GFC, unlike what NAB's, what, um, NAB has done, mm. but it's just looking really bad. The, the, the one plus... On the ANZ side is this huge gap here on the weekly chart, which could see it bounce back up at some point. And it does look like the fall's slowing down. But like I said, it'd be rare for a bank or any company just to stop 
the low on one of those big moves down like that. Okay, now we're going to go to REA Group. Um, so Ali is saying, asking, please look at REA Group share to see what you think of this share and give your thoughts. Happy to do that, matey. Um, having a good look at REA Group. Now, it is early in the week, so mm. I never judge a stock on the weekly bar based on a Tuesday because by Thursday, that's really when you want to see what's happening, where mm. the money's going in the stock. So if this stock actually stays below this low of the 21st of December 2018 for the next couple of weeks, then the risk is on the downside. However, if it manages to get above that level, so it's around the $70 mark, then it could go up short term. Mm. But I still think there's a huge risk here given the way that it's unfolded and taken out really strong support across here at $70. So that's a really important level for the stock. Yeah. So I'm not, mm. look, at the moment, I don't like mini stocks. It's just the bottom line, yeah, the way it's that like, it's unfolded. Not right now, anyway. We're going to do Macquarie Group next, but I, I mm. want to comment before we go into that, and I agree with you. It's, remember during during the GFC and bef just before the GFC, we were on Sky Channel every yeah. month. Mm -hmm. You and me were on there. And before that, before the GFC, everybody was on to ABC, Sanders, Babcock and Brown, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And you know, more rec in now in recent times, it was like, well, it was like, A2 Milk and Balamese mm. and all the other ones. And then and then we had the GFC. And then well, everybody you were, you was... were on Sky before. Ike didn't come on until much later, I think. No, you were on before. I was in training. You had me on, a, on the training wheels. Oh, yeah, no, she wasn't. Old plates. You didn't need it. Okay. But we had all that. And then all the way through the GFC, people were following these stocks all the way down, trying to yeah. bottom pick, bottom pick, and still buying Babcock and Brown until it went broke, mm. and ABC Centre until it went broke. And then we had this period of people just didn't do too much. And all on these people keep saying to us, you know, hey, you know, I can't afford to do the education. You know, I don't have the time. I don't have the money, blah, blah, blah. And then all those people started coming back and going, wow, I wish I'd got the education. Mm. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are looking at our education and going, oh, do I do it, do I not do it? Now is absolutely the best time that you can get educated because not playing in the market now is smart. It is really smart not playing when, when what, there's so much unknown. What he means unknown. is there's no distraction for you. Yeah. You can focus on doing the study mm. and the stocks aren't going anywhere. So mm. you don't have to hurry. You can just take your time and learn as much mm. as you can. Because one, one thing I know for sure is we've got this pandemic now okay one thing i absolutely 100 percent know for sure is we're going to have another one and we might have another one and that's what's going to continue to happen and what you need to do is think about what's going to be like in five years time we've had sars early this decade we've had the world flu pandemic and there's all sorts of ebola and other stuff that's happened this this century and mm. we're only 20 years into it so there will be another one but you've got to think about where you're going to be in three years time and five years time what what's going to be different in three years time and five years time to your financial situation and you're going to let things like this affect your financial situation and you could be just sacked on your job right now a lot of people are getting sacked who weren't prepared for it most australians can't live for three months without a wage that's happening now and it will be happening to a lot of people that they won't be surviving and the government's only got so much money they can be putting out so now's the time to really start thinking about what you need to be doing to as make sure as a backup sure, plan as a backup plan so that mm. you don't get caught the next time because there will be a next time Let's go and look at Macquarie and have a All bit right. of a look at no, that. No, that's enough doom and gloom, but maybe there's a bit more. That's not doom and gloom, that's positive. Have Controlling no. your own future? No, I'm talking about oh, okay. the, the pandemics you were talking about. People oh, okay. will be thinking, okay, another one? We were just trying to get through the current one. Well... They keep, all the experts are keep telling us there's going to be another one. Well, that's, that's a bit of fear-mongering, though, isn't it? But it will. You can't, you can't say mm. it's not going to happen. No, I can't. So. All right. Unless Let's think of something positive ball. now. Looking at stocks and opportunities, that's what Dale's really saying, aren't you? Hmm. So looking at Macquarie, we can see here that Macquarie's fallen from over $150 down to recently it fell, well, approximately 50% of its value, right? So, okay, so there'll be people out there saying that this is incredible value for Macquarie, but as we've said with other stocks, people and people were saying that during the GFC. So back in 2008 when the market imploded and, but that was only the initial fall. So most people didn't think the market was imploding at that point, but we could mm. see on the charts that it wasn't looking great and that there was a risk on the downside. So we went to cash and during this period here when the market was coming down, I'm not just talking about Macquarie, I'm talking about other mm. with other stocks as well. But when the market started rising up, everyone was saying, why aren't you buying stocks for us? Because the industry is saying it's cheap. We, we want to get in while we, you know, early while we can. Um, but we actually didn't um, succumb to any of that pressure and stuck to our process. It was process. massive, wasn't it, the yeah. pressure? 
and then the, the market continued to fall. So what I'm trying to say here is where do you think we are in this sort of decline right now? Like we've just taken out some of these lows here. Look at the back what happened in 2008. And although the circumstances were different, there are always corrections in the market or for different stocks. So when lows get taken out, stocks don't necessarily recover straight away. So while I like Macquarie and it would be one of my pick top picks down the track mm. as well, and I'm sort of thinking, great, there's going to be some excellent opportunities on this share. Keep it on the watch list. Right now, um, too early. it's too early. Mm. Well, that does bring us to the end oh, of our really? tonight show. Yeah, it does. It's, okay, I, I mean, I know we can started. go on forever. And I I'm think sure. you did most of the talking. About time. Is your voice worn out? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but it's now the end of tonight's show, and I really do hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for participating, and thanks for all your great questions. Now, Janine and I have been discussing some ideas on what we'll cover in next week's show, and we've got some research that Janine's doing. I'm also doing lots of research, and like always, it'll be another cracker uh, that will stretch your thinking around profiting from the market. Now, if you'd like to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share us on your social media with your friends and colleagues. It's probably a perfect time to do that right now. Mm. Also remember to make sure you put this show into your calendar as we're back here on Tuesday um, from 7 till 8 every week. And we look forward to seeing you on the show. Now, as always, we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them into info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. If you want to stick your iPhone in front of your face and talk into your camera and send us the video, please do that. Just attach it to info at wealthwithin.com.au and we'll see if we can get your face on Wealth Within Live. So that'll be an exciting thing, won't it? Yes, Seeing and that brings us to the end of the show. And again, we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have. As always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.